What's up, everyone? I am just cooking some dinner right now, getting ready for my evening, and I thought it would be a good time to crack open Whitney Webb's new book, One Nation Under Blackmail. And so the name of the show today is One Book Club Under Blackmail, I think. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> and, um, you know, I tried to, to start this off earlier. I, I'm going to be real with you guys. I read the introduction to the book, which is the uh, the publisher's forward, and I was not a fan. So, uh, yeah, uh, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to play an introduction from Grant Carwold of the Higher Side Chats instead. And I think he does a much better job than I or anyone else could possibly do. So without any further ado, I'm going to allow Grant Carwood from the, uh, Grant Carlwood from the Higher Side Chats to introduce Whitney Webb and the book. Um, and here we go. And then I'm going to post the link so you guys can actually listen to this interview if you want to as well. I'm Greg Harwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Serenity, now Higher Side Chatters. From sunny San Diego, I'm Greg Harwood, and when you acknowledge that certain cold and calculated people will stop at nothing to accomplish their goals, the level of corruption and deceit we have in the world shouldn't be so surprising. And when campaign contributions, fundraisers, and handshakes aren't enough, you'll find bribery, blackmail, and sh- Sorry. Takedowns. Because there is a level of the game we just don't usually see, hidden behind the flag-waving patriots and cackling talk show hosts, where organized crime, intelligence networks, billionaire philanthropists, and the world of finance are so tightly interwoven and effective that even those who would carry out any proverbial justice are already under their thumb. It's a sad situation that has eroded confidence in government beyond repair for those who see it and has made it hard to take seriously fellow citizens. Sorry, that's so but fast, in the internet guys. age, we do have independent journalists doing the dirty work the legacy media has failed to do, and one of those we couldn't do without is the great Whitney Webb. She's been here twice before, taking us through us through her research that spiraled out from an investigation of the infamous Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, her father Robert Maxwell, and more. But now she's put this research into an impressive two-volume set titled One Nation Under Blackmail that clocks in at almost 500 pages apiece and gives the term deep dive new meaning. You can find a slew of other articles, podcasts, and videos on her website, unlimitedhangout.com as well, but it is great to have her back. The covert crime ring chronicler, justice-seeking journalist, and Epstein Network investigator extraordinaire, Whitney, welcome back. Hey, Greg, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. That's quite an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I try. All right, there we have it. There's a perfect introduction to the book right there. And without further ado, let's crack it open and see what it says. Um, here we have an introduction. Acknowledgements. Okay. First and foremost, I'd like to extend my deepest and sincerest thanks to Ed Berger. Um, this is Whitney Webb um, now typing, I believe, without whom this book would not have been possible. Ed contributed amazing in-depth and original research in several key parts of this book, and his contributions were and are invaluable. If you enjoy historical deep dives about the intersection of organized crime networks, corporate power, and intelligence agencies, please consider listening to and supporting his podcast, the Pseudo Doxology Podcast Network at http www.patreon.com slash W-Y-D-N-A. I will absolutely be... Can I copy from... Yes, excellent. All right, this is good. I got the link for you guys right here, right out of her book. This is the really cool thing about... Um, uh, um, 
How about just like copy? Yeah, copy. Boom. Okay, got it. I think I have it. This is the cool thing about Kindle is I can copy a link straight from the book and drop it to you guys. So this is a link to the podcast. At least I'm hoping to drop a link to the podcast. Yes, right here that Whitney Webb just mentioned. This is the man who uh, helped Whitney write this book in a lot of ways. So I'm super looking forward to checking his podcast out as soon as possible. See, I didn't even know about it until I cracked this book open. So I've already learned one thing. Ed Berger is his name. And um, she would also like to thank her amazing assistant, Star Parsons, for helping keep my website afloat while I worked on this book. This is Whitney Webb talking, guys. Come on. Uh, and for painstakingly formatting all the many, many citations within this book. I also owe much to my publisher, Chris Milligan, for this infinite patience and understanding as his book was delayed several times and for his support of my work. Also, an important thank you to Johnny Vedmore, who made some important contributions to this book and whose original past reporting on the Epstein case was key to developing important parts of this book. In addition, in addition, this work and my journalistic career in general would not have been possible if not for Minar uh, Muhawish and the team at Mint Press News. Oh, yeah. Minar and the Mint Press team first gave me the space and platform necessary to develop my journalistic work and provided me with the support I needed to publish my original four-part series on which this book is based all right, guys, is there a way where I can just like infinitely scroll through this book instead of like flipping page to page? That would be so sweet. Um, <laughs> let's see what kind of options I have here. Sorry, I'm kind of new to Kindle and I'm not a really big fan of how it's formatted. I think it, I think this is a bit nonsensical. Um, I'm just going to see what I can do um, to make this better. Word runner. Word runner. What is word runner? Fun way to read faster. Keeps your eyes focused in the center of the page. Okay, let's try it. Um, I don't think this is working. All right, here we go. Okay, I could change my deepest and sincerest thanks to Ed Berger without whom this book would not have been possible. Ed contributed amazing in-depth and no, this is not really working either. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> Word runner is not cool. I just want it to scroll. I just, I just want my, my shit to scroll. Um, dude, I don't think it's going to allow me to do it. So I'm just going to read it the old fashioned way. This is such nonsense. All right. Um, I'm going to help Whitney fix this problem. In addition, this work and my journalistic career in general would not have been possible for Minar Muhawesh and the team Muhawish and the team at Mint Press News. Minar and the Mint Press team first gave me the space and platform necessary to develop my journalistic work and provided me with the support I needed to publish my original four-part series on which this book is based. Thank you so much for believing in me and for supporting my work from the very beginning. I owe you all so much. And shouts out to Mint Press News for, seri uh, for real, guys. I've I've told myself so many times I need to make more logos for Mint Press News and I, I, I've slacked on it and um, I'm absolutely contributing some time to that as soon as I have some free time available as well. So everybody shouts out to Mint Press News. Uh, I would also like to thank my amazing babysitters, Fraza Retmall and Patricia Guzman for taking great care of my little ones so I could put in the time to write this book. Last but not least, I would like to extend my deepest heartfelt thanks to all my supporters, uh, specifically the thousands of readers who financially support my work, allowing me to be 100% independent. 
Without your support, this book would not have happened. And I cannot thank you enough for your help in financing this book, as well as in supporting and sharing my other work, both online and in print. So I know you guys, like, we've all known about this book. I hope most of you have. If you don't know about it, um, maybe don't do what I did. Um, <laughs> I would encourage you guys to uh, purchase the physical book so you can read it and then just give it to someone else. Um, and also, I would like to work on developing a new kind of digital book platform that is better than Kindle because this is nonsense. And uh, so, yeah, she support she appreciates anyone purchasing it online and in print. That's uh, one way to support her. But I have one creative idea that we should find a way to just send her money directly for anyone who maybe can't afford the book, but would just like to contribute a dollar. Um, I'd like to track down the very best way to send money to directly to Whitney. That way we can kind of uh, bypass Jeff Bezos altogether and Kindle altogether. I, I don't like Kindle. This is my first time using it. I did it to get Whitney's book and I'll probably never use anything on Kindle ever again. Um, but I'm at the introduction to volume one now. So I'm going to check on the room and see if you guys have any questions or anything to say before I move forward. Okay, cool. I'm going to dive right into it. We're going to go into the introduction of volume one. The July 2019 arrest of Jeffrey Epstein and his subsequent death at the August that August brought national as well as international attention to a sex ring where certain members of the power elite sexually abused and exploited female minors and young women. Epstein's death officially ruled a suicide has been treated skeptically by many for a variety of reasons. Regardless of the real circumstances of his death, it has led to scores of Americans embracing the view that his death was both intentional and necessary to protect his powerful co-conspirators and the full extent of his covert and illegal activities. Even if one chooses not to entertain such dis, uh, disconcerting possibilities, it's quite apparent that most of those who aided or enabled Epstein will never see the inside of a prison cell. Though, though Ghislaine Maxwell is now serving a 20-year sentence, others known to have been intimately involved in this illegal activity in his illegal activities, continue to enjoy protection from the so-called sweetheart deal, or plea deal that followed Epstein's first run-in with the law for his sex trafficking activities in the mid-2000s. In addition, Ghislaine Maxwell's recent trial saw information involving third parties redacted, leading many to believe that the public will never know the names of the Johns or clients who benefited from the sex trafficking activities of Epstein and Maxwell and who were potentially blackmailed by them. Yet, for both Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, there is much more to the story. This became apparent when it emerged that Alex Acosta, then serving as Secretary of Labor in the Trump administration, had disclosed to the Trump transition team that he previously signed off on Epstein's sweetheart deal because Epstein had belonged to intelligence, according to Acosta. Then serving as U.S. Attorney for Southern Florida, had also been told by unspecified figures at the time that he needed to give Epstein an elite a lenient sentence because of his links to intelligence. When Acosta was later asked if Epstein was indeed an intelligence asset in 2019, Acosta chose to neither confirm nor deny a claim. Other hints at 
a connection between Epstein and intelligence subsequently emerged with reporting from a variety of sources that Epstein was affiliated with the CIA, Israeli intelligence, or both. Despite the implications and significance of these connections to intelligence, most of the mainstream media declined to dig deeper into these claims, instead largely focusing on the salacious aspects of the Epstein case. Narratives soon became that Epstein was an anomaly, the sole mastermind of an industrial sex trafficking enterprise and a talented con artist. Even his closest associates and benefactors like retail billionaire Leslie Wexner have been taken at their word that they know nothing of Epstein's crimes, even when there's considerable evidence to the contrary. Indeed, it was later stated by Cindy McCain, wife of former Senator John McCain, that we all knew that he, Epstein, or we all knew what he, Epstein, was doing. Sorry, guys, got to move some stuff in the oven. And I'll be right back. Um, where was I? We all knew what he was doing. In an event in January 2020 where he also claimed that authorities were afraid to properly apprehend him if he was such an anomaly and a standalone con artist, how was he single-handedly able to intimidate the law enforcement apparatus of an entire nation for decades? Good question. Oof, ah, oof, oof, ah. Just gotta, oh, mm, mm, mm. use my hands. Okay. Hot hands. Uh, the claim that Epstein did not have powerful backers and benefactors stands on incredibly shaky ground. Oddly enough, the mainstream reporting on Epstein was once relatively open about his alleged intelligence ties with British media, reporting as early as 1992. Aha. And throughout the early 2000s, that Epstein had ties to both U.S. and Israeli intelligence. In addition, also in the early 1990s, Epstein's name was mysteriously dropped from a major investigation into one of the largest Ponzi schemes in history, even though he was labeled the mastermind of that swindle in grand jury testimony. Around the same time, subsequently released White House visitor logs show that Epstein visited the Clinton White House 17 times, accompanied on most of these visits by a different attractive young woman. Reporting on those visits, her logs was largely done by a single media outlet, Britain's The Daily Mail, with hardly any American mainstream media outlets bothering to investigate these revelations about Epstein and a former U.S. president. Why was Epstein so heavily protected from justice for decades in connection to both his sex trafficking crimes and his financial crimes? Why have the once commonly reported intelligence connections of Jeffrey Epstein now been relegated to conspiracy theory, despite evidence to the contrary? If powerful senators knew what Epstein was doing to young women and girls, who else knew and why wasn't something done? Thank you, Whitney. <laughs> she says it so well, doesn't she? She really just, I love this lady. Okay, I had to get my phone stand. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to grab a fruit. Okay, uh, back to the story. Get my phone stand set up. It's going to be so nice. Apologize for the wait, guys. Okay. So, reporting on these visits, why did outlet? Why was Epstein protected from justice? Sex trafficking connections. Okay, why was Epstein so heavily protected from justice for decades in connection to both his sex trafficking crimes and his financial crimes? Why have the once commonly reported intelligence connections of Jeffrey Epstein now been relegated to conspiracy theory, despite evidence to the contrary? Um. Well, I mean, it is. I'm not going to argue with her. If 
powerful senators knew what Epstein was doing to young women and girls? Who else knew and why wasn't something done? This two-volume book endeavors to show why Jeffrey Epstein was able to engage in a series of mind-boggling crimes for decades without incident. Fear from being an anomaly, Epstein was one of several men who over the past century have engaged in sexual blackmail activities designed to obtain damaging information, i.e. intelligence, on powerful individuals with the goal of controlling their activities and securing their compliance. Most of these individuals, including Epstein himself, have their roots in the covert world where organized crime and intelligence have intermingled and often cooperated for the better part of the last 90 years, if not longer. Perhaps most shockingly, these men are all interconnected to various degrees. So I'm just going to like take a little break here, check on you guys and um, just make a point. You know, as much as I love Whitney, I just want to argue that... Um, it is conspiracy theory, and that is okay. And what we need to do is distinguish between conspiracy theory and conspiracy theorists, which are able or who are able to reach into the esoteric and make it exoteric uh, to bring secrets to light. You know, this is a, a very admirable skill. It takes lots of work. It's very hard to do. Um, there's a lot of copycats out there and those are no, what we should refer to as pseudo theorists. They're not good at theory. Um, they don't understand what theory is. They don't understand. Um, they're not able to explain their theories and they just want all the glory and credit without doing any of the hard work like Whitney Webb has done. So let's make sure that we just distinguish, um, between conspiracy theorists and then, you know, um, pseudo theorists. Uh, Whitney is certainly a real one. So back to her book, um, following the formal establishment of the organized crime intelligence in World War II through what is today, today remember, remembered as Operation Underworld, the relationship between these two entities has since become so intertwined and so symbiotic that today it's nearly impossible to know where one ends and the other begins. As his book will show, many of the biggest scandals and events of the last century have not only been tied to these networks, but many of them also have counted with involvement of sex traffickers and blackmailers, Epstein among them. Publicly, these men have been powerful lawyers, businessmen, and lobbyists. Their more clandestine and shadowy activities through a matter of record are often known only to those who are well-read on certain historical events or in the field of deep politics. So what do you guys think? Um, oh, shit. Uh, I have to cut this grapefruit in half. So I'm just kind of checking on the you dudes and nothing in the chat yet. Um, you've probably heard a lot of this stuff before. All familiar with this, except I did learn about the podcast that she has. Or the podcast that her kind of co-author has, the guy that helped her write the book. Ben, I think was his name. Um, and yeah, I feel like I learned, I can't, I can't, I feel like there's a couple more things I learned, but they don't jump into mind. Oh yeah. That, um, the daily mail was the only source that reported on the young women going to the white house with Jeffrey Epstein to visit, uh, what was it? Uh, Bill Clinton. That's kind of interesting. Like, I never really considered that. I mean, maybe I have, but I, it, it kind of just went 
went right through my head without me ever really thinking about it. And that's how important foreign news is. It's really important to make sure you guys are enhancing your news sources with sources from all over the world, even different languages. Don't be afraid to bust out Google Translate and start uh, getting perspectives in the language uh, from where it's happening. You know, I think that can be helpful. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm still just kind of getting my snack on. And I'm going to get right back into the book here in just a sec. Okay, I'm back. Let's see. Just had to slice a grapefruit open and get back to it. So in order to understand Jeffrey Epstein, this is the book, by the way. We're going back to the book. In order to understand Jeffrey Epstein and his activities in their full context, one must understand his powerful contacts and the structures that protected him. Those structures and those networks did not begin with Jeffrey Epstein, and they also did not die with him. In revealing this broader milieu and that of his past associates and clients, one is not left only not... <laughs> Damn it, Whitney. <laughs> Why you got to use these words, Whitney? I love you, but I hate that word, milieu. I'm like, just use like mix of people or like team or whatever. Anyway, that's what, that's what milieu means, guys. I had a hard time with that one earlier, not going to lie. Um, his bro broader milieu and of his past associates and clients, which is basically the same thing. One is left not only with damning indictment of Jeffrey Epstein, but a damning indictment of American institutions, particularly those involved in national security matters and law enforcement. We cannot properly address the crimes of Jeffrey Epstein nor prevent them being committed by others in the future unless we grapple with the covert power structures that have long wielded blackmail bribes and assassinations as their weapons of choice to corrupt con and control public institutions while manipulating and looting the public. Jeffrey Epstein was not an anomaly, and his activities represent just the tip of the veritable iceberg. That was Whitney Webb, August 14th, 22. Mm -hmm. Eating a grapefruit. Okay, here we have a quote from a former CIA officer and Iran-Contra whistleblower, Bruce Hemings, circa 1990. It goes like this. Let me, let me take a couple bites of this grapefruit, and then I'm going to blast through this quote. I apologize, guys. This is the difference between, like, you know, a book club, a podcast book club, and an audio book. But, yeah, no. Um... It would be really cool if we can organize a way to, uh, I'll find, I'll find a way myself. Um, but if anyone is willing to help me find a way to tip Whitney out, you know, send a really good way to either just send her a dollar or just support in any way, um, the hard work that she, she and her whole network have been doing at Mint Press News. If you guys are able to subscribe to Mint Press News, I think that would be a really good way to support the whole network. Um, they've always done really good work. There might be a couple times they posted something I disagreed with, but um, I can't even recall what that would be, honestly, at the moment. So, But um, sorry, guys, got to get my, my grub on. That's kind of what I'm doing right now, just having dinner before I go take care of some chores and reading a book, and I figured I might as well read it out loud. 
and get this information out there, get the ball rolling. And so all my critics can suck a dick. Mm. Okay. Here's the quote from former CIA officer and Iran-Contra whistleblower Bruce Hemings, circa 1990. Who are these people? Why are the group that is popularly called the Enterprise? Why they are in and outside the CIA? They are mostly right-wing Republicans. But you will find a mix of Democrats, mercenaries, ex-officio mafia, and opportunists within the group. They are CEOs, bankers, they are presidents, they own airlines, they own national television networks, they own six of the seven video documentary companies of Washington, D.C., and they do not give a damn about the law or the Constitution or the Congress or the oversight committees except as something to be subverted and manipulated and lied to. They abhor sunlight and love darkness. They deal in innuendo and character assassination and planted stories, the incomplete thought and sentence. They burn and shed files if caught. They commit perjury, and when caught, they have guaranteed uh, sign cures with large U.S. corporations. That word is S-I-N-E, cures, sign cures. I don't know what that is. So if anyone wants to look up a definition for sign cures, that would be really cool. This is the benefit of a um, book club podcast. I think actually I can kind of outsource my definitions to you guys because you know how people talk sometimes Uh, with large corporations. If you let them, they will take over not only the CIA, but the entire government and the world, cutting off dissent, free speech, a free media. And they will cut a deal with anyone from the mafia to Saddam Hussein. If it means more power and money, they stole 600 billion from the SNLs and then diverted our attention to the Iraqis. They are ripping off America at a rate never before seen in history. They flooded our country with drugs from Central America during the 1980s, cut deals with Haro in Mexico, Noriega in Panama, and the Medellin and Cali cartels, and Castro, and recently the Red Mafia and the KGB. They run their, dis- they run their detractors, and they fear the truth. If they can, they will blackmail you. Sex, drugs, deals, whatever it takes. That's the full quote. We are on page 15 of this book so far, guys, and I just uh, like to know how y'all feel. What's going on? If anyone has a definition to that word yet? Nope. No rush. Um, I'm going to have a bite of potato. (laughs) Pardon me. Uh, You guys, uh, feel free to ask any questions in the chat you might have. If anyone has any suggestions on ways to... Um, send Whitney Webb a little bit of cash, a little bit of a bonus, let's say, we'll call it a little bonus, a little cash bonus for doing such excellent work. And, hmm. Again, if you can, support the Mint Press News Network, even if it just means uh, sharing one of their articles or reading one of their articles in a podcast. I encourage you guys to do that, to... uh Start a podcast and just read an article from Mint Press News. Um, ah, this is so good. All right. Where was I? Back to the book. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go, guys. Chapter one, the underworld. Mm, what do you think? Should I, should I like eat dinner and like finish eating and then go into chapter one? I'm, that's what I'm kind of feeling right now, right, guys? 
I don't know about y'all. I feel like I should do that. I feel like that's the respectable way to do it. So we just kind of got through the introduction. I'm a little bit of a slob right now. I'm kind of like eating and cooking and doing things at the same time. So I think I'm going to just wrap this room up, um, post it up, give everyone an idea of what we're doing. And then later on this afternoon, after I finish all the work I got to do and after I get all nice and cozy in bed, um, we will go into chapter one together. And I'm looking forward to that. That was a spicy introduction. I'm digging it already. So, yeah, I hope you guys learned something good. Hope you guys check out that podcast I dropped in the chat and I'll see you guys later.